Welcome to Machine Learning. Why would, could shell, shoal gas in Ukraine make U.S. companies rich? How much shell gas is to be extracted in Ukraine? North America has 1,000 trillion cubic feet of recoverable natural gas. Europe may have 200 trillion cubic feet of recoverable gas. Shell gas will revolutionize the energy industry. Natural gas has half the CO2 as coal. And by 2030, coal, gas, and natural gas will account for still 87% of the energy consumption in the world suggesting that renewables and nuclear energy still will remain less than 25% of the energy consumed in the world. So the importance of shell energy discoveries is critical for energy consumption in the world by 2030. Shell discoveries will prevent a cartel from forming. The main reason is <coughs> Shell is available all over the world, not just in a localized area like the Middle East. Competitive prices through subsidies will not be necessary. Therefore, government subsidies will not be necessary. Haynesville Shell is seeing costs as low as $3 per million British thermal units. Costs could drop to $2 per million BTU within five years. And drilling casings of shale gas deposits have been around for years, and the danger of, of failure has been overplayed. The reserves and production of new energy resources tend to increase over time. Russia and Iran had the largest gas reserves, but the discovery of shale natural gas in more stable countries has been a real bonus. Russia will not be able to leverage its position to become a new OPEC member. Shale gas will help economic stability in industrial countries. Liquid natural gas is expected to account for half of the international gas trade by 2025. And we've seen how Japan has shut down its nuclear reactors and moved to liquid natural gas to power its electric plants to provide electricity for its people. Liquid natural gas exports from Qatar are going to European buyers, forcing Russia to lower its prices. Consuming nations throughout Europe and Asia will be able to turn to major U.S. oil companies and their own shale rock for cheap natural gas. Shale gas resources are believed to extend into countries such as Poland, Romania, Sweden, Austria, Germany, and Ukraine. Just how much natural gas does Ukraine have? And the question is, how will that help U.S. Com companies become wealthy.
Okay, there is a book written by Ferguson called The War of the Worlds. This is Niall Ferguson from Hobbit. Fifty years of wars is not accurate. The modern political and economic powers have been fighting continually for a hundred years through ethnic conflict. It is during these periods of high economic volatility that politically dominant groups transfer the cost of warfare and social programs onto the working class and class division forms. My estimate is that the wars in the Middle East have cost at least $20 trillion, and that has been passed on to the middle class and the working class in America. That's the cost of freedom, or in some cases, the cost to keep American oil protected in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and United Emirates. Those all fall under U.S. protection. As a result, high economic volatility generates inflation approaching 8% and growth approaching 8%. The U.S. has not had 8% growth. It has been historically 2 to 3%. And so if inflation is moving at the rate of China, which is 65 to 7%, then that means... Uh, we are not getting more wealthy. We're getting just the opposite, more poor in the working class. The combination of high inflation and high growth increased violence between the classes and ethnic groups. And we see patterns of that. And it makes me wonder if some of those patterns are a result of high inflation and high growth creating uh, class division and clashes. In my opinion, U.S. inflation rate moves with China at 6 to 7%. Therefore, U.S. hegemony sustains the dollar and makes their military stronger than all other sovereign military powers combined. The U.S. high-tech war machine is getting stronger while the rest of the world militaries are getting weaker. That seems like a, actually a contradiction as we hear that China's military investment now is at $200 billion. However, if you compare their military investment to the United States military investment, it's at least a factor of three to four less. So if you were looking at it in just terms of a race in military strength buildup, the advantage still is in U.S. high-tech warfare. The exporting of inflation to countries in the Middle East increases the percentage of income for food. And so that is one reason why the war on terror has been so effective is the exporting of inflation and it's causing these groups to um, become impoverished. Civil unrest increases as the poor protest the rising cost of survival. Violence is met with violence. The next generation of high-tech warfare machinery is more destructive and widespread. We haven't even seen the most potent weapon that the U.S. possesses, which is artificial intelligence. But once artificial intelligence becomes a critical component of warfare, 
the uh, high-tech warfare capability will be in the U.S. advantage in all areas of the world when it comes to military clashes. The violence by the empire is used to maintain dominance. Okay, so if you ask the question, why is there war in the Ukraine then, if that statement is true? Violence by the empire is used to maintain dominance. Well, you could say that Russia sees the Ukraine as um, succeeding from their empire because they were willing to join the European Union. And by joining joining the European Union, they would have aligned themselves with NATO militarily. Therefore, they would have a civil war in their... um, that is occurring and Russia would use violence to maintain their dominance over Ukraine. So I think that statement is true. Empire spans have decreased in time. That statement is also true. Empires are shorter lived than ever. We've seen the German Empire, Ottoman Empire, last for several decades. Then we saw the rise of Hitler, his empire lasted uh, less than 50 years. The Japanese empire was significantly shorter than the Roman empire, which lasted nearly two millennium or 2,000 years, or the Ming empire, which lasted 300 years. Empires are too expensive and dangerous to maintain long-term. I think what will happen with the Russian empire is that the cost of that war being several billion dollars per day it will impoverish the complete country and eventually uh, expose them to the vulnerabilities of the German army, which will then make Russian big brother no more. The power of the individual has increased and the threat of empires is not tolerated. People want to live by the rule of law. Empires use war to steal gold or take gold back as collateral repossessions for the debts they are collecting. Uh, That's always been the pattern of war, is that war reparations are paid in gold. So if the the losing country has to transfer its gold as payment for the war debts to the winning country. The Ottoman Empire lasted 500 years after the Roman Empire. The Nazi Empire attempted to recreate the Roman Empire but the world recognized the arch-tyrant plot and stopped it. The empire lasted less than 50 years. The root cause of the defeat was the U.S. economic growth and machinery-inflicted punishment of an unmeasurable degree on the empires of Japan and Germany. What was that industrial um, capability? It was American innovation, the adoption of the industrial mass production. Ford had already uh, capitalized and realized the power of mass production and the unification of the country to the war effort. But not only that, it was American high-tech, the beginnings of the American high-tech mentality where they were creating new designs faster than Germany and Japan 
and putting those new designs into production and releasing new products at a much faster pace than the rest of the world. And because of that unique characteristic, uh, it was not long before American power was making a difference in World War II. However, tributary systems function like a tax with goods and services limited to an exclusive few. The Ming Empire traded goods through a tributary system with nations around the globe. Uh, you can read about that in Fort uh, Genzin's book, uh, 1492. Its large merchant ships were four times the size of European ships, and goods from Africa were imported into Europe. Likewise, the Roman Empire was importing goods and furs from America. This is pre, pre-Columbus. They, this is called the copper culture. So if you're interested in learning more about that, uh, read about the copper culture that exists where Rome and Carthaginian uh, were trading in America for goods. And they may have started the Bronze Age or the Bronze Age in Europe. The trade route ceased after the Carthaginian and Roman Wars started. So that the Carthaginians after that war no longer traded in North America. Their empire had collapsed. An empire cannot continue to trade during periods of high economic volatility. Economic volatility is defined as rising prices, growth rates, interest rates, and unemployment rates. That is exactly what is happening today. Economic volatility. Therefore, I would say that um, we run a risk in correction. During periods of high economic volatility, there can be associated increased levels of social political stresses and escalating violence. The Middle East Kingdom trades oil with Japan and China and the U.S. And as uh, previously stated, Armco is the largest oil producer in the world and the national... um, the NOC companies, national oil companies of Saudi Arabia hold the largest oil reserves in the world. So the world's oil is being controlled by the national oil companies and the U.S. oil companies are probably trading less than 10% on the world oil. Even though United States was a net exporter of oil, it is still a small player in terms of the world supply of oil. And that has to change for peace to occur throughout the world. Middle East oil trades in dollars. That's the petrodollar uh, nexus. The petrodollar trade supports U.S. consumer debt and buying. And the way it does that is the um, oil exporters, foreign oil exporters that are selling oil by U.S. treasuries and that the purchase of those U.S. treasuries then provide a commodity called um, a currency exchange for an IOU from the government and then that can be loaned through the Federal Reserve to banks, and banks then can extend that credit to consumers.
So that's the nexus. Uh, China's increasing trade in yuan. Over 100 countries have agreed to trade goods in yuan. China is preparing to introduce a gold-backed yuan. Reserve banks, the financial mechanisms that spread commerce throughout the world, hold an increasing amounts of yuan and dim sum bonds. Now, during the 2008 uh, subprime meltdown and then subsequent bank bailouts, we learned that China held about equal amounts of U.S. treasuries as they did European bonds. What that means then is that the European central banks are investing heavier into the yuan as a reciprocating force to the fact that China is investing into the euro and uh, fueling the trade uh, agreements with the Europe. So China has balanced itself between Europe and the U.S. China has modernized itself and increased production. Beginning in the 1990s, Japan foreign investment flooded U.S. stock markets and a real estate boom occurred. Japan, at the beginning of the 20th century, diverted foreign investments to China. And the way that worked is Japan sent unfinished goods to China, then China uh, finished the goods, and and those goods were delivered to the U.S. So that was the cycle. And then a trade imbalance occurred between Japan and and the U.S. and China and the U.S., increasing the rate of inflation in the 1980s. And that's what we're starting to see again in the 20th century is a trade imbalance and rising inflation. Asia did not want to replicate Western empires, and the Western empire did not want to give up its dominance. Therefore, China maintains a commerce-based authoritative system of governance. China's economy has been slowing, but Inflation continues to make expensives, goods expensive. Hot money has been fleeing China, returning back to a safe haven bonds as China gains more of the reserve currency through interchangeable exchange in Singapore and Hong Kong. The currency will be more widely accepted. Since gold and silver are the king currencies, a gold-backed currency will seem to be more valuable than a fiat fiat currency. Depression economics will drive China to accelerate its new currency adoption. China will offer twice the gold price paid in dollars for gold. Their critical benchmark is 10,000 tons of gold. If inflation rises and growth rises, then the war in the Middle East must be the future. And that's my prediction is that if Inflation is not curbed by cheaper fuel and the introduction of shell oil and natural gas as a key player throughout world uh, energy supplies. War is coming. Economic volatility increases when taxes increase. Deficit spending becomes out of control and trade barriers increase. Well, we know that 
deficit spending is out of control. It's now over $20 trillion and moving towards $30 trillion. And at 35 um, by definition, we will not have a tax base large enough to pay for the national deficit. Payroll taxes must reach 35% to pay for the social entitlements and interest rate payments. I feel like um, taxes will be increasing over each year uh, until the next election. Trade is not fair as legislated by NAFTA giving Mexico an unfair advantage on exports. Planned economies fail to provide wealth that free markets can create. The more countries that move to free market, the better. And if they are true free markets, they will um, adjust to the market demand more efficiently. If they're used to create a totalitarian state, then that's not really free trade. It's a hybrid and it will not last uh, in terms of wealth creation. The resource wars cannot last forever. The high price of oil has caused shell oil to boom. As a result, the price of oil dropped below the $50 barrel. You know, I could see, we've seen uh, where it did drop and it was moving towards, uh, possibly towards the $30 a barrel. And then uh, it reversed as oil companies took defensive measures to protect the oil price and keep oil prices high above the $90 a barrel. And now we see uh, renewables being used to keep oil and gas in the ground, even though we have plenty of oil and gas and could drive down the price of uh, oil in the U.S. We maintain um, our oil trade on the world market, and as a consequence, we pay world oil prices. Energy independence means that we move towards a policy of isolationism and we remove ourselves off of oil trade in the world and we just provide oil for Americans in America. The falling oil prices have strangled Russian oil profits. The Russian expansion into Ukraine and the expanding of their empire is not sustainable long term. Therefore, Russia will continue to expand into Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Finland, and Germany. Poland wants its sovereignty, having been invaded by four empires. The Balkans is an area of conflict between four sovereign nations over the control of the Balkan Sea. That Balkan Sea is critical because there's oil, oil rights there. And uh, whoever controls the Balkan Sea controls the oil in that region. The areas contested for oil drilling rights, oil pipeline passage rights, historically the realms of the Holzenrins, Hamburger, Habsburgs, Romanovs, Ottomans met at the Balkans. War occurs at the beginning and end of empires. Empires are ruthless. They are willing to 
to make war on whole categories of people. They are characterized as centralized, economically and financially widespread, and having similar social ideology. They have a large mass of people at their command. Empires use force to gain conformity. The war, world war has small ethnic differences that are amplified and polarized by political groups that have access to industrial and military resources of a nation. Germany is Russia's number one trade partner, partner yet the Russian Empire is no friend to Germany. During World War II, Germany attempted to conquer and dominate. Uh, Russia attempted. Wait. During World War II, Germany attempted to conquer and dominate Russia. Today, the Russian Empire will then provide oil and natural gas to its conquered countries, including Germany. So that's why Russia sees it, that they will conquer Germany, which they. They haven't directly conquered them, but they have provided oil and natural gas. And, may, and that is maybe one of the reasons why Germany did not react more strongly and sooner when Russia invaded into Ukraine. Russia is believed to hold 20,000 tons of gold. A gold-backed ruble could be introduced for countries under the control of Russia. Okay, let's switch gears. Lifespans have increased. People are living longer due to healthcare improvements. War conflicts are shorter as technology increases mortality uh, increases mortality counts, meaning that the kill ratio is much higher with the technology we have today. Less children die at birth. Government roles have increased to provide more entitlements and regulating a broad range of areas such as food, water, air, safety, and land. Two-thirds of the labor work, labor work for the government. Government jobs do not add to production numbers. The government helped build the railroads, and they are helping subsidize the hydrogen infrastructure in California. But at the same time, there is no hydrogen highway. Semi-trucks do not have a way to refill on a 2,000-mile track um, with hydrogen fuel cell ta- uh, hydrogen tanks to power fuel cells. And so the initial adoption for semis moving to alternate fuels will be electric batteries with only 300 to 500-mile ranges and requiring long periods of time to recharge. So hydrogen, in my mind, still sounds like it is still decades away from becoming a reality. The welfare states were least involved in the war in 50s, 60s, and 70s. Economic volatility exasperates social conflicts. Burdens are passed on. Ethnic conflict has increased the violence levels. Ethnic conflicts means discontinuities in social relationships between certain ethnic groups. Wow. Do you see that real strong in uh, Oregon? During periods of economic hardship, 
different ethnic groups are denied benefits. During periods of rapid, rapid economic growth, wealth benefits are not distributed across the working group. Wealth accumulates at the top. In my opinion, the United Order systems are better because they distribute wealth according to need and want rather than entitlement. The United Order is a more perfect form of capitalism and gifting. The golden age of peace seems to be possible. Technology gives man more efficient ways to kill. In World War II, Germany's invasion of Poland signaled the beginning of an armed conflict. France and Britain opposed the invasion. During World War I, half of the casualties were civilians. The Nazis sought to exterminate a variety of social groups, and the Russian inflicted violence on the minority groups with over 4 million deported to Siberia. In total, 21 million died in ethnic and political-related warfare. During World War II, U.S. and Britain bombed cities into rubble. Japan and North Korea military conflicts will continue to be a tense point. Military campaigns against each other could escalate. Japan and China tensions continue to reach a boiling point. If war breaks out in the region, Japan could move troops into North Korea. China would support North Korea.